I'm with Fisher City Hall, and I'm with Mayor Scott Fadness, and, and I'm with Stephanie from the PR department, and I want to thank both of you for, the, for your time today. We have a lot to talk about because after more than a year of COVID, Fishers is starting to come alive. There's a lot happening. We want to talk about a number of things that are going on. Mayor, welcome. Good thank to have you. you back. Thanks and, for having us. And Stephanie Perry, thank you for Thanks, uh, joining me as well. I uh, want to talk to both of you about a number of things. Uh, the first thing I want to say, Mayor, is that you may not remember this, but over a year ago, I wrote on my blog that whenever this COVID starts to uh, subside, that Fishers needs to have a really big party. Yeah. And you know, we're, we're planning one at Spark Fishers. We're going to talk more about that. But you have really come alive downtown. The concerts are back. Uh, the farmer's market, which tried to come back toward the end of the season last year, is I've been to two of them, and they it's packed. You can't even walk around them. There's, there's so many people. So I would like to just start with you. Talk about the rebirth of Fishers, the center of Fishers, and how that's worked out this year. Well, I think it's... Uh especially exciting to me because I know that when I see all these people out engaging in their community, that we actually are one of the safest environments in the country for someone to go do that because of the work that our public health department did uh, in, in encouraging people to get vaccinated and being able to provide the vaccination. You know, 85% of our residents over the age of 60 are now vaccinated and, and it grows every day. So I'm very proud of that fact. So what I what I really enjoy is the fact that people can now engage in their community safely and do what they want and, and feel as though that they have the freedom and the safety to do so. And I think our parks department, our communications department have really in anticipation and hoping that the public health department would get everything done and ready to go. We knew that this summer had to be a summer where people could heal um, could get re-energized and, and frankly re-engage with the community that I know they love. And, and I think they're accomplishing that this summer. We'll go to Stephanie because uh, you're a big part of that. And, and Mayor just complimented your department <laughs> to get the yeah. word out. And uh, I, I do think that uh, part of the work part of the work is not just here it is. It's letting people know. We're going to talk about a number of individual things that are coming up. But you know, Spark Fishers is one of them. I was honored to be asked to be a volunteer again this year, and look forward to doing that for the Spark Fishers Festival. Uh, but it's not the only thing going on. I just, in general terms, how did your department, the people you yourself and the people you work with there, how do you plan to let people know? Hey, we're we're back here in downtown Fishers. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's been easy because everyone is so eager to have a summer of fun here downtown. But, you know, we're really utilizing social media and citywide signage, and we're getting really great results from doing that. You know, we have the farmer's market and concerts already in full swing. We're really excited to support our local businesses during this downtown uh, construction project. And so we'll be hosting our Shop Fisher Summer Series again, and that's already been really popular with businesses registration closes this week and we have a lot of businesses signed up and excited to participate in July for this event. So I think everyone is just so eager to get back to you know normal as much as they can. And so we're excited to have that summer of fun um, and memory making ready for them. Mayor, I want to ask you about one thing. I was at the farmer's market recently. What I noticed is that you have a, a published 106th Street a bypass or, or detour, I guess you call it, for 
uh, for the 116th Street construction that's going on. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But it seems to me that there are a number of people not exactly using the published detour, <laughs> just trying to get across the street on Municipal Drive uh, during the farmer's market. I could see these were not people going to the farmer's market. So there are people not using that posted uh, detour. And technically, you really need to have to have some business in the downtown area to come into it. So tell me uh, well, how you get around that. Well, I, you know, People will always, their traffic's like water. It always finds a way. Uh, and in reality, though, I have to say, I got to compliment our engineering department and, and Stephanie. She's really been point on communicating to our local businesses down here. Uh, traffic movement, closing 116th Street is one of those things that um, I don't wake up often in the middle of the night, but you know, that would be a scenario where in my mind I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this and how are we going to accommodate for our residents that are trying to get from point A to point B? But in reality, it has gone quite smoothly so far. We obviously encourage people when they're when they're making their detours around 116th Street, understand that once you come off 116th, there's a lot of pedestrians walking around. And just be cognizant of that because this is an area where because it's coming back to life and people are out walking around, just be aware of that. I know you're trying to get to your office as quickly as you can or your doctor's appointment or what have you. But just be be very cognizant of the fact that you're entering into a very pedestrian laden uh, area, and uh, we don't want to get any we don't want to see anybody get hurt. Well, well, let me go to Stephanie, and I want to come back to the mayor in a moment and talk about the 116th Street construction. But let me ask uh, Stephanie about Spark Fishers because that's not that far away now. We're in yeah. the month of just uh, we're recording this on June 10th, and uh, that's just uh, not that far away. And it has been expanded. There'll be more evenings of mm-hmm. activity. So tell us how this spark, because we can have one last year, how this one is different from two years ago. Yeah. So this week, uh, this year, excuse me, we've expanded to a week long celebration. So there's fun to be have every single day of the week. It kicks off on June 22nd with our Tuesday night concert. Then we have the 5K that's moved to an evening on Wednesday night. So that will be a really nice evening run through downtown Fishers. We also have the half pint, half K for kids that night. And then Thursday night, we're really excited. We have a car and art show, which is a new component. So we're working with the Fishers Arts Council. We'll have about 30 artists and artisans on Central Green with vintage and modern cars. Free. All of this is completely free except for the 5K, um, which you should pre-register for. And then on Friday night, we have the Spin Doctors uh, concert, a free show in the Amp. And Saturday is the Street Festival that so many people know and love, complete with our community parade at 6 p.m. and our fireworks show at dusk. So there is a lot packed into that week. We will have a Ferris wheel this year, which will be a very exciting new element. Uh, But we hope that the community will come out, um, experience it, volunteer. We still have spots for volunteer and really just come together again after such a difficult year. If somebody wants to volunteer, how do you go about doing that? So all of the information um, as well as volunteer information is at sparkfishers.com. Now, Mayor, I wonder if uh, former town council member Mike Cole people have his model a car out there (laughs) who knows uh you know there's actually there are a handful of people in fishers who are car collectors that have unbelievable cars if you ever get a chance steve cage uh his his vehicles are unbelievable so i'm i'm excited to see what what rolls up to city center uh uh, coming to spark fishers i want to go back to 116th street in the tunnel because uh, you were very kind to give give me a tour of the construction that's going on in the morning of of june 10th and and it is a very busy place and and what 
struck me the most when I, I you were at, I had the hard hat on and, and walked yep. down in the tunnel area where it's going to be and and looked at all that's going on there and got some idea just the size and and the scope of this project. Uh, this is not a narrow small tunnel. Explain no. what people will see once it's done. Uh, honestly, uh, and when we originally started working on this, and I was talking to Tom Dickey, who used to work here, uh, has done development really across the Midwest, across the country. Um, he really believes this is world-class infrastructure, and I agree. I mean, I think this is going to set our community apart and be a very, very unique place uh, where people can not only just run down the trail, but actually be a part of their downtown and engage and meet up with neighbors and, and, and really just hang out. And, um, you know, it's exciting for me to have the opportunity to take you down there. And, and I wish I could take every resident down there and tell the story and help explain what's about to be there. Um, but we, you know, a lot of folks are just going to have to wait until it's done. Uh, but when it's done, I'm confident that it's going to be something that, A, people will be proud of. B, they'll have a lot of fun engaging with. And C, I think will be kind of an iconic um, place uh, in our city for years to come. And Stephanie, even though you work for the communications department, this was your first time to get down into where the tunnel construction. What were your impressions? Oh, it's amazing, you know, 10 days in um, to have so much excavation done. And I do want to make sure the community knows there is an opportunity. Even if you can't personally go in with the mayor, we are sharing construction photo updates on the main webpage for this project, which is playfishers.com backslash nickel plate trail. And we will have project renderings. They're up there now. You can check them out next to current aerial construction photos. And we'll be uploading those about weekly. And so you can follow along with the project, um, even if you can't peer in there yourself. That's interesting. I, I think that uh, it, it's one of those things you have to experience to really understand. Right. And uh, thank you for, for giving me yeah, a sure. little peek into it. And I'm, I'm sure the public's going to just, just love uh, what is there in the end. And what uh, I've, something as simple as drainage, where you have yeah. underground water tables and everything in this area, uh, got it all explained by some of the construction crew that uh, t- look, well, took us I, around. You don't have to look too far, Larry. You're sitting in a building that has uh, an issue with drainage and, uh, and the building sinking on one side. So um, that's all kind of this whole area down here. If you go back to the history of uh, fishers, you talk to the old timers. They will tell you that this was kind of swampy ground. Mm-hmm. It was a water table was high here. So when we started building that tunnel, we had to drill wells and dewater the area prior to even starting to dig down. So yeah, the the most complex part of that tunnel, or a, one complex part of that part, uh, tunnel, is really the stormwater infrastructure you have to put in place to make sure that water stays out of there and you don't literally float the tunnel. Um, so there's pumps that run 24 seven and never stop because of the amount of water in the water table. And that water table has some impact on the fact that City Hall is sinking uh, and yep. has sadly Correct. been doing that for a long yes. time. We've talked about that before. Yeah. And Jason Taylor, you're a director of engineering for the city. I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that's his full-time job is to just, you know, go on social media and give us pictures Jason, every day. I think uh, <laughs> Jason's done a great job. I mean, he we had some hiccups early on. Uh, we had some utilities we didn't know were there. And Jason got there, sorted it out, worked with the contractors, and he's doing a, a great job. And, you know, it's fun to see him put out the pictures because I think he's excited about the project, and that excitement is contagious. And, uh, I, again, I think it's just a fun project for everyone around here to work on. And, and uh, Stephanie, going back to you, the farmer's market, I've been to a couple of them on nice sunny days. 
and uh, the crowds have been very heavy. I, I just, you and I talked about this uh, when, when we talked earlier today, that they're just nationwide seems to be a hunger to get out and do things. I have noticed this in a little bit of traveling I have done in the last couple of months. So I think the the, the farmer's market, the concert series, but to me, look at those two situations that have been going on now as spring has sprung around uh, Fishers. And the crowds have been very high. People are ready to get out and do things. Yeah, it's been phenomenal. Our first Tuesday night concert was the first day of the trail construction, the first day that um, the... 116th was closed and we still had huge crowds um and we even had a lunchtime concert yesterday it was a rainy day and it was really starting to rain um at the beginning but everyone stayed and Mm -hmm. then had a great concert and so you know despite the weather we're seeing the community really want to come out and get together i have to say too larry i mean the farmer's market is one of my family's favorite traditions we go every saturday and i have seen the farmer's market evolve over the years in the parks and recreation department has done a really, really fantastic job of expanding it and making it more dynamic. And I think what's happening now, what I've witnessed over the last probably seven years, is that people are not going there and grabbing whatever vegetable they want and getting back in their car. They're going and they're hanging out. They're either in a hammock or they're uh, at a picnic table. They're listening to music. They're eating all the different foods uh, that are provided there. There's kids playing in the fountains. I think we we hit, I think they said 6,000 people came to one of our uh, farmer's markets so far this summer. So I I personally believe we have, if not the best, one of the best farmer's markets um, in the state. And it is one of my favorite things to walk around there and just see all the Fishers residents out enjoying themselves. So Stephanie, what's been the reaction so far on the uh, summer concert series? Uh, Is it going well? It's been going great. Um, We've had huge crowds. We will kick off our Friday night concert series in July and August. And so then you'll have three ways to come uh, Wednesday lunchtime, Tuesday night and Friday night. And it is all completely free. And so yeah, just come on out and experience it. We have a webpage for the AMP in pdamp.com where you can get info, even save the date for Blues Fest, which I know is one of oh. your favorites, Larry. Oh, yeah. Blues, we'll talk about Blues Fest. Don't <laughs> worry. Uh, Mayor, I want to ask, before I talk about Shop Fishers with Stephanie, I want to ask you this, because Shop Fishers is, a, for the most part, a small business endeavor. There are a few other businesses involved. But how has the business community weathered the pandemic here in Fishers? Well, I think in general, we've done very well. Uh, I would say that certain industries, just like across the country, across the globe, have been impacted more than others. You know, the hotel industry has struggled to get back on its feet, although I've, I think we're doing much better than we were. Um, our restaurant community has, I mean, they're on fire. It's, it's unbelievable. If you look at what's happening at the yard in different places, I mean, those restaurants are very, very busy. I think the work that Stephanie's done uh, in, in the communications team in general is really around the small and traditional businesses. You know, how do you, how do you help the the small clothing store, gift store? How do you help the the ice cream store? You know, these are folks that uh, don't necessarily have the marketing budgets that the large corporate chains do. Um, and getting this the the their story out and their voice heard uh, is important. And then they tend to exist in in like our downtown area. Well. We've been doing a lot of stuff in downtown, right? So um, making sure that they know when events are happening so they can leverage that or knowing when we're going to close a road for 60 days, they know that. Um, we've really tried to build a meaningful relationship with with those folks. And in a large part, that's Stephanie and, and the team at the communications department. 
uh, making sure that they know what's going on. They're not surprised. Yeah, let's go to Stephanie because uh, did you do Shop Fishers? You tried to do a version of it last year. We did both of them, actually. We did Mm -hmm. summer and fall, but we had to make a few tweaks, especially in the fall when uh, things started to get locked down again. But now the Chop Fishers is back in full this this summer. Uh, tell us what you're thinking here. Yeah, so this is our second time doing the summer version. Uh, last year we tried it out. We did it throughout August, one day a week. Uh, this year we're just doing a week long, July 16th through 23rd, and it is citywide. However, with the the 116th closure, we definitely are encouraging a lot of our downtown businesses to participate. And you know, we have the handles signed up and the Roman and Leo and all of those beloved uh, businesses. Businesses, but essentially you can come out, you can dine local, shop local, and enjoy special deals and promotions. You can find all the information online. We're still uh, doing business recruitment right now, but we really hope that, you know, even away from shop fishers, that all summer long, our community is supporting our small bez- businesses, especially the ones impacted by the 116th closure. And we've made maps to show you how to get to every business area in downtown Fisher. So we have eight in general that you can find on the Nickel Plate Trail landing page. So if you're trying to get to Gallery 116, you know, exactly how do you go there? And with South Street uh, now, we hope that a lot of people are utilizing that as an alternative route. So it's really important that, you know, our community shows their support. I think, you know, it's important too, Larry. Downtown's a very dynamic place, a lot of things going on. But I can't urge our residents enough. If Like I spent two, two Mondays ago, I spent the day, good portion of the day, working at the Agri Park. Um, I needed a tractor fix, and they were they were willing to oblige me. So I was working on a tractor most of the day, and um, that place is looking amazing. The playground is unbelievable. Uh, the opportunities. My son, I signed my son up for um, a month long worth of summer camps at the Agri Park. Our parks camps are now underway. Um, you got hub and spoke. There are a lot of really like unique and dynamic things, and and use the excuse of hey, we just got to get out of the house. We're done with COVID. Let's try something we've never done before. There are ample opportunities for residents to really plug in in unconventional ways beyond kind of the traditional Tuesday summer concert, farmer's market. There's a lot of other things going on in their city that they could definitely take a part of. Mayor, since you mentioned the parks, there was a story in the Indianapolis Star recently that uh, Carmel has made a move to build a bridge over the White River to connect the trail network of fishers into what's going on uh, in Carmel. I know that that bridge was actually a part of the original 2040 plan that's mm-hmm. just being updated. So that idea has been around for a, a while. Are we closer to that now? I think we are closer. The township actually uh, over there, uh, Clay Township, is looking to build or fund the vast majority of that bridge over. What is probably distinctly different is most of the time we have contemplated a pedestrian bridge at 106th Street. This one actually is at 126th Street. It, it's on Connor Prairie's land. It's on the southern end of Connor Prairie between them and a, and a, and a neighborhood there. Um, and I think any connectivity between communities is wonderful. Uh, the White River obviously is an area that we've underutilized. We really haven't planned well around the White River. Neither Carmel or Fishers have really done much to accentuate that natural asset that we have in our community. And um, and I think there's going to be more coming when it, in terms of our focus on the White River. Just like you know, Geist Waterfront, we're now we're now underway there to utilize that wonderful amenity in our community and allow residents to go enjoy it. So um, more to come on that front for sure. So, Stephanie, we're talking a little bit ahead here because Shop Fishers is July 16th to the 23rd. You're still taking businesses for that. 
But there's something else coming up at Holland Park. Uh, it's called Monsoon Madness. It's at the end of July, just so people are planning ahead. What's that all about? Yeah, so that's one of Fisher's Park's kind of signature summer events. We've always done it at Holland, and it's essentially a huge inflatable water park for kids. Uh, they've moved it this year. It was usually uh, earlier in the summer, so it will be hopefully very hot, a great day uh, to get out and enjoy it. But we'll have inflatables, completely free live entertainment, um, and they're doing Mud Day again this year, which is another very popular. That was my next popular- question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, well, no, Mud Day, I, I yeah. want to, I just quick story i went out to a mud day a couple of years ago to take some pictures and i realized i had to kind of keep my distance to yeah. keep the mud off me yeah the kids absolutely adore that the parents have to clean them up afterwards right. yes you have you have your have yours uh, been involved <laughs> I in that day i can actually i'm an old timer here i remember the first year we did monday i was really excited about the concept and uh, i went out there with the parks department and because it was the first year a lot of parents came out uh, and brought their kids out, not really understanding or knowing what Mud Day would be. And I saw this look of terror in parents' eyes as they realized they had to put these kids back in their car to get home. And they, I mean, some kids, you literally, you can't, they're covered from head to toe in mud. And uh, we now have a uh, car wash for the kids to, to clean them up after that. I saw the car wash. But, but the first couple of years, it was really more like, hey, bring towels, you know, whatever. And, uh, it's a it's a really cool activity for families to go be a part of, and I definitely will be taking uh, my boys and, and throwing them in the mud for sure. Quick story. We had our own mud day before mud day started because my daughters <laughs> played soccer when they were young, oh, yeah. and we had a totally muddy, totally muddy field. And we played the game, and I remember the coach saying, oh, your kids are going to love this. You're going to get all dirty, and your parents can't yell at you. Yeah, I literally had to go home and get the towels <laughs> so we could get the kids back yep. into the into the car. But, uh, no, I think Mud Day, Monsoon Madness, these are all a, a lot of fun. But uh, another one that's coming up on July, at the end of July, is Movies in the Park. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that, Stephanie? Yeah, so there are three of those this year. This is another event that uh, Parks Department has done every year. It traditionally was always around the amphitheater lawn, but now they're kind of spreading it out throughout all of Fishers. So the one that you just referred to uh, at the end of July is at Holland Park, Sonic the Hedgehog, but they have them. We had one mm-hmm. at Brooks School Park mm-hmm. with our Hope for Happiness event for mental health last month. And so they're spread throughout the summer, again, completely free, bring a blanket, uh, uh, bring some snacks and enjoy a family film. And the screen's fairly big. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a, it's a nice time it's a big for everyone. Yeah. It's nice, yeah. uh, Mayor. One thing that I have always loved uh, that your Parks Department has done for many years is the Blues Fest. Yeah, uh, uh, I think that's one of the most successful. Uh, uh, projects. From when I first started going, it was a very long day, and now you've broken it up into two evenings. It's uh, become so big. You brought national acts in, regional acts. One year you tried to bring an Australian act in, and they had a problem getting here or yeah. something. <laughs> something yeah. happened with, but it never actually happened. But uh, tell us about how Blues Fest got to where it is today. Well, I think if we were, if I recall correctly, when we first conceptualized Blues Fest, we were looking around Central Indiana and trying to identify. What are the, where are the gaps when it comes to music festivals? You know, during the summer, country music, Ruoff really does the vast majority of that. And, um, and so we really thought, well, Blues Fest might be an interesting angle. It was something different. It would draw a different crowd than you get on a Tuesday summer concert, potentially. And we really do, one of, the, one of our goals is to really try to identify opportunities for lots of different people and lots of different interests. And so the Blues Fest really was kind of that 
that concept. Now, I think to your point, and you're going to see this with fishers time and time again, you know, we're big believers in iterative approaches to things. So you go try to do something, learn from how you did it, evolve it and continue to evolve it until you get it right. And then you're going to tear it down and rebuild it again. Just like spark fishers, you know, we're constantly changing that. And some things are going to go really well. Other things aren't going to go so well and we'll change it and adapt. I think uh, the blues festival was the same thing where, you know, the days got a little long. Who wants, you know, does somebody really want to listen to the blues at one in the afternoon? It's more of a nighttime music, I think anyways. So um, I really, I think it was us just constantly evolving it. And I think this year should be a, a, an awesome year for it as well. Okay. And then the acts have yet not yet been announced, but uh, based on past performance, Stephanie, you brought in some name acts. At least one national act comes mm-hmm. in every year. Yeah, they're still working on the lineup, but we'll announce that this summer. And it is our ninth year doing it. You know, you're talking about how long. It is really one of those longstanding traditions. And I think, you know, I give the Parks Department a lot of credit because it's very difficult, believe it or not, right now to book um, acts. Uh, particularly, normally you book them a long ways out. So you'll book them six to eight months out. Well, if you go backwards six months from where we are today, nobody was considering going on tour because of where the COVID numbers were at. And so when we started optimistically hoping that we'd be able to do something this summer, as they called up uh, different uh, acts, a lot of them just aren't, they weren't willing to commit to touring. So it's been a mad scramble over the last 60 days to really if you're trying to do anything other than the local kind of cover band scenario, it's it's been a challenge to book a lot of national acts. Yeah, last year I interviewed Matt Sosi, the MC, uh, before last uh, Blues Fest, and he said that was the first gig. He does a lot of MC work. That was his first gig in months when he yeah. came out here to mm-hmm. do the Blues Fest. Mayor, I'm going to have to just ask one off-the-topic question here. Okay. And I, I want to ask this because I did a podcast recently with a good friend of mine who writes about tech. His name's Scott Fulton. He writes nationally about it, and uh, I've known him for a long time. And we talked about 5G, and uh, I want to have two questions about 5G. The first one is he told me that with Fishers being at the forefront of 5G technology, that there was at least the possibility there, infrastructure-wise, of the city either itself or helping put together some sort of um, small business hub for technology that mm. like almost a small data center kind of thing for small business have has anybody in your staff or launch fishers or anybody else talked to you about you know that? wexler it's interesting john and i have these conversations i think john very much would say that he understands the power of having this infrastructure in our community and the need for it for us to be able to create an environment where small businesses can test out new concepts and things of that nature you know, he also recognizes, and we have these conversations about balancing that with, with the neighborhoods that are upset. I really do believe Chris Greisel, our city attorney, came up with a process over the course of four or five months that did the best job we could at balancing the interests of the residents while at the same time trying to get this infrastructure put in. And, um, and I believe we're, we're about to start another round of these conversations with neighborhoods because I think the telecom industries are starting to get that flywheel going and putting more of this infrastructure in. Well, that was my next question. So I hadn't seen anything, but I've been warned that it's coming again. And as far as the neighborhoods getting these 5G towers, but uh, I think that the main thing that I have gleaned from reading about it, talking to experts, uh, sitting in on meetings you have conducted with, with your staff and your board of works 
is that the telecommunications companies, they almost hold all the cards in That's this. Correct. You cannot say no to them. That's correct. I mean, they've done an effective job at preempting local governments from basically uh, administering or ruling on the vast majority of where the locations they want to be. That was a federal preemption that occurred. So our hands are tied to a degree. We still want to hear the residents' concerns. There still are some things that we can do. Uh, we do hold some sway over these things, and uh, we'll do what we can on behalf of the residents. And uh, at the same time, you know, look, every telecom industry that's out there is telling us that this is the future platform for wireless. And so no one can tell me that they're not somewhat dependent upon that infrastructure. I mean, everyone has a cell phone. Uh, everyone's moving more to wireless, even in their homes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we, we've got we've to balance the needs for that as well. Stephanie, last chance, uh, talk a little bit about what's happening this summer. We talked about some things in general, specifically any final word to the residents? Yeah, I just think, you know, get out and enjoy yourselves, whether it's at the park that is, you know, closest to your home or coming to downtown Fishers, get out, experience all there is to offer. There's so many free events through the Fishers Parks Department and things happening downtown. You know, we have a new mural currently being painted uh, right along the trail on the backside of the police department garage. And so new public art going up, the trail being paved, you know, that's something we didn't touch on, but it is paved in two different portions. Um, so even though 116th is under construction, you can get out and bike and run and walk on the trail, both south and north of downtown. You know, a few months ago, Mayor, I, I interviewed Jason Taylor and I asked him, is the trail technically open <laughs> he said no but you know if it's paved i can't really stop people from coming there's an awful on lot it. of people on that trail every time i mm -hmm. drive by and i mean really our goal is to get as much of that paved as soon as we can uh to ensure that a residents can enjoy it and we can open it up to more neighborhoods so hopefully we'll get some more paving done even this year any final comments from the mayor i think uh, look i think our community is in a really good place. Uh, it's okay. It's safe to be out in your community. We've weathered the storm. The economy is roaring. Um, and just go out and enjoy your family and enjoy your community. Anything? Uh, you seem to, you had something oh, else to say, well, Stephanie. I was going to say, since that conversation with Jason Taylor, we have done more that now we are unofficially, you know, it is it is open. We have done the trail crossings. So now we talked about pedestrian safety when you're downtown. You know, we have the flashing lights. So when you're crossing, we've had public safety signage. So we have done a lot of improvements since that conversation. Stephanie Perry is with the Communications Department here in Fishers. Uh, Scott Vandis, of course, is the mayor. I want to thank both of you for your time. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you, Larry.